0: Oh, you're very welcome to episode 22 of the Two Hands on the Hurl podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Mansfield, and um, I'm joined by uh, Mr. TJ Mills. How are you doing, TJ? Uh, Good, thanks, Robbie. And yourself? Ah, yeah, not too bad. Getting uh, settled in for the uh, long weekend there, you know. So uh, June back holiday is always a good one. Hopefully we get uh, blistering sunshine out there.
1: Yeah, no, the uh, listening nerd, I am listening to the radio this morning, and they're saying... The weekend kind of be kind of dodgy there's a few showers but sunshine as well next week's meant to be good but the really sad thing the past two years is this the weekend of the cats laughs in Kilkenny and not happening yeah. again for another year it's always a great buzz around Kilkenny now so it's sad it can't go ahead again
0: yeah that's kind of one thing uh kind of having moved to Kilkenny there's always kind of great festivals uh going on and there's like the food festival that's kind of usually on around uh, Halloween, kind of bank holiday as well. And as you're saying, Cat Laughs, Cat Laughs is always kind of um, obviously loads of great crack and laughs. But it just brings a great atmosphere to Chickle and stuff. And uh, yeah, there's only someone that was kind of in work yesterday and there was kind of someone talking about that. So, yeah, it's mad. All right. Uh, well, hopefully, you know, with the with the pubs opening and the gyms open on Monday, that's kind of a, a good thing. that's going to be happening anyway. That's something we can look forward to over the weekend. Um, Another thing kind of coming up next week is the Euros. Uh, Euro 2020 is kicking off in Euro 2020 or 2021. Um, So in terms of kind of uh, overall, who do you think is your overall favorite for the the tournament at the minute, TJ? I
1: I was just laughing to myself when um, we were talking about the Euros there because we're usually... Regret when the Irish team don't get there, but I think you might be able to enjoy it more now that the Irish team aren't there because we won't be embarrassed. <laughs> so, yeah, <that's laughs> and true. I, I don't mean any disrespect, but the past couple of tournaments, yeah, I mean, other than the victory against Italy, was, uh, was kind of very poor. Um, I'd fancy Portugal. I won't lie. Um, Portugal or France, but um, they're in the same a- group together. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm, um, like it's hard looking past France. I mean, they're they're a really good side, good young players, all of that. Um, but I mean, you look at the talent that Portugal have at their disposal, the likes of Fernandes, um, uh Fernandes, Ronaldo, um, Ruben Diaz Yeah, I mean, the the talent they have at their disposal is unbelievable, and. It's it just shows actually not to go off topic, but it just shows how far behind Ireland are lacking because years years ago we'd be going in, say, to a game against the likes of Portugal, and you'd be fancying your chances of nicking a Um even no matter what talented players they have. And um but yeah, I, I kind of have a slight suspicion for Portugal. Um I won't lie; it might sound funny. I would like England to do well, um, but they will probably do their usual last sixteen exit, possibly on penalties as well. So, um,
0: yeah, well, they've got a tough group: uh, Croatia, who are really good, and uh, Czech Republic, who are always solid, and then they're in there with Scotland as well. So that's going to be a real, uh, a real kind of derby atmosphere to a like a European Championship game. So, yeah, like. They could do. They could very easily get knocked out in the group. Um, I think a lot of Irish people have like supporting, you know, Premier League teams. They kind of have like a fondness for the English players. Um, apart from the the players that probably play for the club that you don't like or whatever. But um, yeah, I think a lot of Irish people would hope would like you know would like to see the English players as well, but maybe not necessarily the team, if you get me.
1: Yeah, it's it's just the hype going into it, Robbie. I mean, it's I know it's the home of football. Um, I mean, it's where football was created. I, I won't say invented, but created. Like, And I mean, it they they haven't won a major tournament since 1966, but yet still living on the hype of that. Um, and that's where I think an awful lot of people wouldn't like. And then you look at the kind of the, what would you say, the anti-social aspect of it as well. Um, There's a brilliant video going around YouTube of English and Irish fans at Euro 2016 slagging each other and uh, Irish fans just kind of wanted with please don't start a riot like and that's a concern and uh, that kind of gives a... I'm not saying all our English supporters far from it but there's a small majority there and I think that's where... Um. Even though the people want players to do well, they don't necessarily want the uh, kind of to fee- fuel any anti-social aspect to it as well. But then there's Irish English rivalry as well. Like so, I mean, that's and it's the same German English rivalry, Russian English rivalry. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's bitterly disappointing, that... Uh, I know we're going to discuss it later. That Trent Alexander Arnold's like, but I mean, such a player. I mean, and then you have the likes of Harry Kane as an exceptional player and all of that. And individuals like that, you'd have to, uh, you'd have to respect and you'd like to do well.
0: Do you reckon uh, Spain are kind of their kind of time is kind of come and gone? Could they be kind of um, a potential winner? Do you think?
1: Well, looking at the groups. Uh, Spain seem to have maybe the slightly easiest of them. Now, in saying that, Group A, um, Italy, Italy kind of have an easy enough one as well, um. So you'd expect Spain to come out of that. The biggest test, I think, would be against, uh Sweden. Um, the Swedish team are always tough to defeat. Um, but yeah, I'd fancy them to get out through that. Um like I was saying, the only other Kind of easy enough group for topside would be Italy's one. Um, Turkey would be tough, but um, Wales have been beaten by France the other night easily. And, yeah, Switzerland aren't the same team they were a few years ago either. Um, But, yeah, would you believe Holland... Holland have a tricky enough group in a sense. I mean, I know they're not real big names, but Ukraine and Austria can put it up to big sides on any given day as well. Um, So yeah, I I won't lie to you. I go back to what I said. Um, I'm kind of glad Ireland aren't in it because there's no group there that you could say that you could really get a good win in.
0: No, I think we'd be definitely the... um... (laughs) We, whatever group we were being, people would be happy to be in our group. To be honest, and uh, yeah, speaking yeah. Of, speaking of the Irish soccer team, uh, Stephen Kenny finally got his first win uh, last night against Andorra, four uh, one. Um, they went one nil down, though. I'd say it was kind of um, <laughs> they kind of got that sinking feeling. Maybe when they went one nil down, they were kind of thinking, "Ah, here, here we go again." Yeah,
1: no, it was dire stuff for sixty minutes, Robbie. It really was. Um you'd wonder what they were doing in the training camp for the previous, what, five, six days, I think, at the time. Um, because there were nothing you could say went right for them. They only had a half a chance in the first half. And, I mean, it was it was just kind of shaping up like Andorra could get a goal, and they did. And to be fair, it was a brilliant goal Andorra got, but it was shocking Irish defending. And when the goal went in, I thought to myself straight away, "Well, Stephen Kenny's going to get his P forty, sorry, P forty five in the morning." And yeah, it's a fair play to try Parrott. I mean, he really showed leadership for a nineteen-year-old. And um, the run he done. Now he did get a bit of luck. I mean, there was a couple of things went his way for. But I mean, to take on the run as such a young player, and after having. A tough enough time with um, kind of his club career he was on loan fr- from Tottenham and I think he was at Millwall and then Ipswich and he kind of struggled so to do what he done was brilliant but yeah there's there's a lot of work to be done there Robbie, a hell of a lot of work and um, I'd be fearing going in against Hungary on Tuesday but Portugal in September uh, that's one that should be. If you could give a walk over, you nearly would, like at yeah, the
0: moment just <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, the only kind of bright spark for Stephen Kenny maybe is, um, you know, maybe Portugal go far into the Euros and have a bit of a hangover. And, you know, maybe they get caught. You know, maybe we can nick a draw or something. But um, hopefully, I think, I think Stephen Kenny, he needs a bit, he obviously needs more time to kind of let his kind of systems and stuff kind of work in. and I think he, it will work out, but we just need to give him a lot of time and it could just, it could be bad for a long time before it starts to get good, if you know what I mean. So ho- hopefully, hopefully uh, <laughs> it turns good at some point. Um, and just kind of, you kind of mentioned uh, Alexander-Arnold there. Um, so there was kind of talk about him being left out of the Euro squad anyway um, because England have like an embarrassment of riches at kind of rice right back there. Um but then he kind of went, and he kind of got an injury. Um, so it's kind of obviously pretty devastating for him. Um, for anyone to get kind of injured uh, so close to a major tournament, you know the I mean? way. So, um, is is it going to put my risk for playing for Liverpool next year, or is it kind of a short enough uh, injury?
1: I I didn't really hear the full outcome of it, Robbie. Um, I'd be honestly hoping that to be thing that it would take just. I I know it's going to be disappointing, firm. I mean, there were doubts in the build-up to it that whether he'd make the squad, and then after making the squad, to get injured the way he did, I'm hoping it be only a short term one. I won't lie; I didn't hear the full extent of it, but it must be kind of serious enough when he's been ruled out for the European Championships because the tournament runs for what by four or five weeks, so it's definitely going to be longer than that. Uh, longer than that, but hopefully by, say, start of August or that, um, he will be fully right. But, yeah, it's bitterly disappointing for him. I, I don't think there should have been any doubt for his inclusion. Uh, I'd be biased in saying that, but, yeah, you'd have to be bitterly disappointed for the chap. Yeah, it
0: just says a kind of thigh injury, so, yeah, you'd imagine it's kind of going to be fairly short-term. And, yeah, as you're saying, like, he kind of brings so much... um. To that Liverpool team. I know they didn't you know, have the best seasons last year. Um but like he you know, he's taking free kicks, he's taking corners, and he's kind of he can ping the ball, you know, from one side of the field to the other, and he's kind of solid enough uh in defence normally as well. So uh, I I think it would have been madness to kind of leave him out of the squad. Like I don't like Trippier and uh, Rhys James are really good players. Um you could argue maybe more solid defensively and stuff like that. You know, Trippier can kind of take free kicks as well, but uh for me, he's kind of the one of the best right backs in the world, so it would've been madness to leave him, leave him home.
1: Yeah, I know, definitely. One one surprise, actually, and not to drag on with it, is uh, Bamford being left out. I mean, I, I he's the second top scorer in the Premiership. It's, sorry, second top scorer for an Englishman in the Premiership this year.
0: Yeah, and he we'll talking for Ireland out. potentially.
1: Yeah, I was reading about Dan. I was kind of getting excited when I saw the headlines and then I read into it more and I said, here, there's no chance that he's... I mean, he'd be an absolute brilliant target firm, But I think... I think there was a lot of damage done over a few years. I really do. I mean, losing the likes of Declan Rice, Jack Grealish and all of that, it should never have happened. Cap him, tie him in. I know the rules are after changing now that... Uh, you can kind of apply to uh, change allegiances after playing a competitive game. I think that's the change anyway. That's what's in my head, but I'm open to uh, or open to contradiction on that. But um, yeah, no, he'd be a great asset, but Jesus, who'd want to play at the moment, (laughs) honestly. And I'm usually optimistic. I loved international break, but um, yeah, I know it's, I go back to champagne football, the book I was on about for a top pick a few years or a few weeks ago. And you can see the reason why Irish football is in the state. it's in. Being honest. Yeah.
0: Well, that can kind of lead us on perfectly to, uh, cause you're kind of, uh you're kind of getting ready maybe for your rant of the week there. So I'll let you take it away on that one.
1: Yeah, no, I won't lie to you. And I, I don't like morning or anything, but, um, the my rant this week would be actually maybe a slight continuation of the rant last week. It's the just the given out that's been done by public health experts and people in power about uh, people congregating outside. Um, there, there seem to be no understanding that people are after being locked up for the vast majority of the past two years. So you're talking about, what, 17 months nearly continuous being locked up. Now, that's okay for people out in the countryside, that you can go out for a walk, you can, um, people have back gardens and everything like that, you can speak to a neighbour over the hedge. But there seem to be no understanding that an awful lot of the people that would have been congregating around Dublin last week and other places around may not have back gardens, may not have uh, facilities to be able to go out. And this kind of demonization of uh, people going out and doing what the government were kind of telling them to do. If you're going to meet people, meet outside. Now, they closed down areas. They didn't put any facilities in place. I mean, you go down... Another thing was... They're giving out about rubbish being left behind and all of that. I, I don't condone that one bit at all. I think people, if their bins provided, people should pick up and put, put them away. But name one Sunday morning that a street wasn't left even in a half of the state it is was in. Without half of the crowds being congregated on it. I mean, it, it just seemed to be kind of nitpicking and instead of bringing young people along with them, they just seem to continuously demonise them. And the one thing with pub- public health experts and the likes of Neffet, they're there as advisors, There's not poli- they're not politicians, they're not legislators. They should not s- kind of speak down to people. They're public servants, they're there to serve the public and they're there to advise the government. Uh, but in this country, we seem to kind of put them on a pedestal, that they can't be, in other words, questioned, and but yet they can look down at everything they don't like seeing happening. And I think we're kind of going the wrong way about it. And I think the government gave too much power at the start. I know they're doing a really good job. They're after, and they have a really tough job to do but they were given too much power at the start They were given a profile that shouldn't have been there they should have been experts in the background and that's my rant this week
0: yeah i think i would agree there and they kind of the government have as well have extended their like emergency powers for another five months which kind of yeah it doesn't really seem to make a whole lot of sense kind of seems so we're kind of coming out of everything and you'd imagine there would be no real need to extend it out to November, but um unless they are kind of concerned about maybe uh something happening in the future. But yeah, in terms of what you're kind of talking about, yeah, I think it kind of like people going out and that's why people, they've been kind of locked up for a long time. And, you know, people go, you know, go a bit mad in terms of uh, congregating anyway, when there's kind of a bit of sunshine because you don't normally get a whole lot in this country as well. So um yeah, I think, when like, you know, there, I think it was like a tweet from Tony Holend, like that sort of stuff, you know, ha- it has an effect on people. and it can also kind of, you know, turn people off, you know, the messaging that's kind of out there as well. People can be like, oh, you know, screw this. You know, this is what, you know, we kind of did everything we were meant to do for so long. And then we're, when we're out doing what we're meant to be doing, we're being criticized for it, you know, so it's like a no win situation for people. And, uh, yeah, probably the biggest kind of, uh, problem from last weekend i would see would be the litter everywhere um oh yeah but you're saying there's no there's no there's no bins and all that sort of stuff but as well if you go down like you know high street or you go down any sort of you know major set town or city in the country uh, after like a friday a normal friday saturday sunday night you know there's litter everywhere like you know drunk people are not the most uh socially conscious you know the way so you're gonna get like people just throwing stuff everywhere like anyway even if there's bins you know but uh yeah, I think it's a it's a solid rant there, each. <laughs>
1: Um Yeah, I know. I I could add to it, but no, I think the listeners nope. are they're <laughs> dealing with enough.
0: <laughs> cool. So we're going to just go on to the Camogie uh, quarterfinals. Um, so in terms of the fixtures, there, Kilkenny, slow them for me there. Kilkenny are playing Limerick, and then Tipperary are playing Offaly. Which one of those do you think is the the game of the weekend?
1: Um, it's a tough one. I won't lie to you. Um, like obviously, Kilkenny be my heart and everything, and being involved, known players a lot and everything. But if for closeness and I think Tipperary and Offaly, um. I I think Kilkenny will defeat Limerick with a bit spare. I know there's a good lot of work after being done in Limerick. New management gone in. They looked impressive against Galway last weekend. I watched the game now. It was being streamed online, and yeah, they they really put it up to Galway for long stages. But um, you look at what Kilkenny done to Offaly last weekend, and you just have to fear. I mean, insane. The performance Limerick put in last weekend, Galway still ran out easy enough winners on the score kind of on the scoreboard. And an awful lot of the hard work that's done by a team that's trying to develop and that is usually punished on the scoreboard but it isn't a real fair reflection of the commitment and effort they put in. So yeah Tipperary and Offaly taking place in Callan in Kilkenny as well. It's great that the game is uh, been played in Callan because it's it's a fantastic, fantastic facilities available there. Um, a tight pitch, um, awfully disappointed, like I was saying, had a good win against Dublin and uh, would have been bitterly disappointed with their performance against Kilkenny last weekend. I mean, they just really, just really didn't show any of the form um that they they did against Dublin in the previous round. Tipperary I, I would have really fancied Tipperary to be a team to challenge for um to get to an all earn spot because they had good underage success and all of that but they just seemed to be coming up short against the big side. So I think Tipperary could really lay down a marker here against Offley but in saying that it, it would be the tie of the weekend and uh my picks to go into the semi-finals would be Kilkenny and Tipperary I don't see any surprises there
0: and the relegation uh, uh, playoff is uh, next weekend so we'll kind of uh, come to that next weekend so we'll, we'll move on to the um, picks of the week there Teej. so what are, your, what are your picks of the week this week
1: yeah, um, I'm going with a kind of a morbid one again, but not in a really bad <laughs> sense as previously. How unusual. How unusual. Do you know. I'm actually a happy person. Uh, but yeah, there's a channel on uh, YouTube again, and it's called Hollywood Graveyard. Now, it's, it's really interesting. And now it's kind of funny, it, even though it's kind of a morbid team it's kind of upbeat it's on about cele- it's uh celebrity graves in other words and it goes down through a, a brief history of who they were and what they done and kind of have a picture of their grave and um yeah i know if you have any interest in that at all um it'd be really worth checking out i i won't lie to you i love it and um it's it's kind of it's good in the sense because it isn't all a-list celebrities it's kind of people that would have been involved in the background with films or bands or anything like that animation um and it kind of it's good in the sense because it just shows no matter how high up you are or famous you are everyone just goes the one way but um yeah, no, it's it's really interesting now, so um, it'd be worth checking out. The second pick this week, and I'm kind of repeating a pick that i done from last week, it's um, an Irish singer from Cork, Stephanie Rainey, and she released a song ahead of the Friends reunion team called Ross and Rachel. And yeah, I mean, it's very unusual you get an artist coming out with two brilliant songs in a row. Um, usually you have a real absolute banger of a track and then the next one yeah it's good but it doesn't reach the same heights of the first one but the song from stephanie rainey ross and rachel is really good and yeah she's definitely an artist to keep a look out for she's around um for a few year now but i really think she could be heading the direction of the kind of derma kennedy and all of that and um I know she's playing regional gigs towards the end of the year and I'll definitely try and get to him because I think she's a great talent.
0: Yeah, hopefully uh hopefully her kind of uh, star continues to shine and stuff like that. Um for my picks of the week I've just gone with uh two comedies, two comedy movies on Netflix. Uh one is kind of I think kind of flew under the radar, but anyone who's kinda of seen it kinda of, um thinks it's a kind of quality film. Uh but then not everyone has kind of seen it is uh, the other guys. Oh, with, brilliant. <laughs> um, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. It's, um, I remember seeing it in a cinema and I was like pissing myself laughing uh, yeah. the whole time for like, it's just, it's just really well done comedy. And uh, like some, some Will Ferrell stuff I'm not a huge fan of, uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, but in that one, he is kind of on song and the way it's kind of rapport with kind of Mark Wahlberg and it is really good as well. And they just kind of, um, yeah, just kind of, it just really kind of, kind of hums along as, as a kind of comedy movie and kind of develops really well. So uh, that would be uh, my first pick. And then my second pick is a kind of an, an old favourite of mine, which is uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. I think um, Jim Carrey is kind of, all of those kind of films he did kind of in the 90s, kind of they just they don't age and they're just kind of, they're, they're funny every time you watch them. And uh, Ace Ventura, like it's just kind of like, As well, Ace Ventura Two is kind of it's a solid sequel in in a world where you don't get a whole lot of solid sequels. But um, the original one, the first one, is uh, just a brilliant movie, and he's a brilliant character as well. Um, Would you be a fan of uh, Ace TJ?
1: Yeah, I know. The first line popped into my head there when you mentioned it. I think it's the second one it's in. Say hello to Mr. Winky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so yeah. many kind
0: of lines you just kind of throw out there from the movie. Uh Einhorn and Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is a man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know I was paraphrasing in that line. I had it in my head and then when I went to say it, But yeah, I know the other guys is hilarious as well. I won't lie to you. I'd be a big fan of Will Ferrell. I mean, he's... um him and John C. Riley, be two real favourites of mine now. But uh, I think the do you know the kind of the freeze frame shot in the bar uh, where they go on the on the beer? I just think that's fair hilarious, like and uh, the way um, what what was what was his name when he was pimp? Um, oh, oh, uh, Gator, Gator, Gator. Gator. <laughs> Uh, I know it's just brilliant oh yeah two brilliant picks there Robbie um, I actually would you believe the second Ace Ventura I think was the better one I won't lie to you my personal choice but uh, yeah they're they're just deadly and yeah I'd be a big fan of Jim Carrey now I mean he's he's just um, same as I, I'd actually rate him higher than Will Ferrell and I'd rate Will Ferrell really really high it's just the, the array of films he had. And um, he seems to be a real downturn, um person as well. Um, now, I, I stand corrected on it, but he just comes across. And, I mean, the, his impersonations are top-notch. Like, so, yeah, know he'd be a big fan. Or, uh, he'd be a big fan of mine. I was going to say I'd be a big fan of his. <laughs> I'm sure he's a big fan of yours.
0: <laughs> he's a big fan of your work. I, I, he can kinda yeah. do like the serious kind of stuff as well though I think he's, he's kind he's of kinda done kind of uh some films I just can't remember them off the top of my head, but they're kind of it's not comedy movies if you get me um yeah. where he's kind of done more kind of serious kind of roles and stuff like that um I think like that's a kind of sign of a really good actor as well, and often a lot of kind of comedy actors. They, they can turn out to be um, really good, kind of serious actors. I suppose he did, like, a, the Man on the Moon movie, um, which is about Andy Kaufman, and he kind of... Yeah. He was kind of playing, like, a kind of a funny guy sort of character, but kind of, you know, there was lots of kind of stuff kind of uh, going on. And then there's another film, it's called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is kind of a really just kind of... Um, almost kind of cinematic kind of masterpiece sort of a movie and uh yeah recommend anyone to kind of check that one out as well
1: yeah just when you mentioned Andy Kaufman there I won't lie to you I wouldn't have really known about him until uh, YouTube I mean I just came across his videos on YouTube and yeah he was an unbelievable talent Um he was just uh, did you ever actually not to drag on? Did you ever see the video where he started on The Wrestler? Was it?
0: Um, I might have seen it, yeah. Yeah, I just I know, know from the, the, the TV series uh, Taxi. The Taxi? Uh, taxi. Was,
1: yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. With um, what's his name? That's Danny, the short DeVito. Guy. Danny DeVito. Danny yeah, DeVito, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really good.
1: Yeah, I know, it's actually, um, I just watched a documentary on it after, about, he started this fight, and it was live on air, and um, the the wrestler, I can't think of his name, struck him anyway. But it was only years yeah. after it emerged that that was all made up like. Andy Kaufman actually saved the, the career, in a sense. And, uh, yeah, no, Jim Carrey would be the closest, I think, Um he he kind of runs along the style of Andy Kaufman so Man and the Moon would have been a perfect i hope i got that right man and the moon would have been the perfect for firm yeah
0: cool so we're going to bounce back uh, from our picks of the week to more uh action at home kind of gaa action so uh, it's kind of the second last round of um hurling kind of hurling league, league fixture fixtures so things are kind of uh starting to tighten up and the kind of table starting to take shape um i suppose you have to probably for yourself tj the game of the weekend uh one that's close to your heart uh leash and uh Kilkenny. you've got kind of roots in both counties who are you gonna who are you gonna be cheering for uh
1: i'm very sorry to my leash relations but um it was always leash football Kilkenny hurling i've uh, Kilkenny barn so Kilkenny hurling all the way uh all yeah. all seriousness um yeah i i Just the form Kilkenny were in last week. Just to caveat the victory over Wexford, Wexford had the cases within the camp. You don't know the preparation were there. But still, I really loved the style of Kilkenny this year. Now, people could say if they listened to earlier versions of the podcast that I'm a hypocrite in saying this uh, because I was questioning was it the right time for Brian Cody to stay on or should he go but I think the way, now I'm not going to jinx it, but I think the style that Kilkenny are deploying this year is really, really good. They're moving away from the long direct ball all the time to short direct passing, pot passes, the run off the shoulder, all of that. So going to that game, with the form leisure in that moment, and I have great respect for Cheddar Plunkett, uh, what he'd done in his previous time with Leash and was involved with James Stevens as well and done really, really well with James Stevens. But I think this is a game Leash could really do without, being honest. Um, their target will be Antrim to try and get a result there, to try and maintain their division status, even though it looks really unlikely now uh, that they will avoid the relegation final. But um, yeah, I, I think Kilkenny will... I think... Kilkenny will win this one at the ease enough, um, and I would like to see Brian Cody rest in a couple of players. I'd like to see him rest and likes of Reed like he done against um, Antrim, uh, just to give the likes of Alan Murphy and that just a bit more time and exposure on freeze and all of that. But um, yeah, I I really see Leash struggling in this one, and uh, I'd fear it could be it could be a bad scoreline like
0: um, and kind of probably the game of uh, tomorrow, uh, Limerick versus Cork. Cork are top of their group, and uh, Limerick only have one point to show for all their kind of hard work. So it's kind of, um, you know, I don't know if um, there's going to be alarm bells going off in Limerick, but it would be kind of a uh, nice to get a win here, especially like kind of Cork are doing really well. And kind of people are kind of, you know, you know, saying, you know, what's the story with Limerick? They have only got like a, a point uh, from the first few games. Um, so, is this going to be a real kind of... Um, are we kind of getting to the stage where you're going to be seeing, like, you know, championship intensity uh, from Limerick, or what do you, how do you think it's going to go?
1: It's it's really... I, I, I'm not sitting on the fence, Robbie, but it's really hard to call, because I, I did say in an earlier podcast that it the, the pressure would be kind of on Limerick to just show they're able to do back-to-back. And, I mean... The last time they, they won Doll Ireland they came up short against Kilkenny, but they they uh, and Kilkenny were leading well for long stages of that game, but they lost a couple of games in the build up to that as well. And Limerick last year Limerick are kind of a team that they need a win and run going into it. Now some hurling experts might say I'm talking absolute hogwash, but kinda of the results over the previous years, when Limerick are running through um, kind of games have a good w- run of wins under their belt they they seem to take real great confidence from that and you might say well that's obvious but if you're looking at a top is, is Kilkenny when they're on at their real peak they might lose a nog game in the league but you'd have no concern come the championship and the real concern here with Limerick is they do they, they really want to do back to back but they're kind of in a really poor run of form and when it's such a short condensed season as well um, it's be very hard to kind of flick a switch because you'd often say you don't want to peak too soon you set a target for a place to peak but you might not always peak that time or you might peak too soon and then you try and tone off a team and then to get them back up to the peak level again is really hard to do so it's it's kind of a caveat in a sense to Cork performances as well because Cork are a team that always had great talent um, and they they just didn't express it and now this year they're expressing it but you're wondering are they showing it too early um, so this is a real game that you really kind of I'd have to sit on the fence with because on the run of results you'd have to fancy Cork but if Limerick are to show their teeth and show here we're not gone away, we were missing a few players and we're kind of just using the league to try out a few new things. Well, this is a game you would expect Limerick kind of to show their teeth and say here we're still serious opposition here. So it's kind of the game against the champions and the ones that are predicting as future champions. So yeah, it's really a watering game and Sin Limerick as well. Plus it's kind of a curtain raiser to their championship meeting as well. So um, yeah, it'd be a brilliant game to look forward to.
0: Just a quick question on Limerick just before we move on. They're only Westmead and Leash have scored less than them. Yeah. Is it a, is it a case that um they're kind of their attack isn't kind of you know hitting the heights or our teams kind of figuring them out? Do you think or or do you think well, it's just what do you think it is?
1: Well, at the start, um, John Kiley would have said that his team would have been targeted for kind of over over physicality and going edging over kind of breaking the rules in a sense and that they we're being punished. I think it's a bit more than that. I think teams are figuring them out. I mean, Limerick are an exceptional side and I'm not dismissing them one bit and I was delighted when they won all irelands because when you're after going so long without winning, I mean, it was 1973 up to th- 2018. and um, So it's phenomenal that they've done two in three years. But they... They are missing players, I, I admit that. But even last year they weren't really scoring goals. Um two year ago when Kilkenny defeated them, yeah, they got the goals. They came back into the game, came up short against Pint and they were a query should he again a sixty five to draw it. That's, but I mean last year they won their games by just scoring points. And um they are probably
0: scoring thirty points a game, though.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, to be honest, to be really su- successful on a continuous basis, you're able. You need to mix it up. You be need to be able to do the kilkenny Tipperary, Cork style that you're able to get in for two or three goals and. Um, I I genuinely don't know because, I mean, knowing the talent that Limerick have there at their disposal and what they can do on any given day, I genuinely don't know what what's happening with them because if they lose to Cork, they're in a relegation battle. I mean, they're... they're or sorry, not really in a relegation battle. Westmeath will be in the relegation. But, I mean, they'd be only one point ahead of Westmeath. Like, they all earn champions. Only after yeah. getting one point after four games. That's if Cork beat them. So they really they still have to be... play Westmead, do they? Um,
0: I think they I... do because they've yeah. only got a point. So I think they've yeah. They've sorry, played they games.
1: do. Yeah, yeah. And with the farm, like Westmead put it up to Watford, but you saw what Cork done to him. So it's really. It's really yeah. kind of a disadvantage, but going back to your question, I, I, I genuinely don't know, Robbie, if it was, say, like the Tipperary, Galway, Kilkenny, you'd say fair enough, they're trying out new things and all of that. Now, I know Galway only won All-Ireland, but they're they are on a consistent basis, kind of way. Um, Limerick, even though they're after winning two out of three, they did kind of they did have bad runs of farm over the years. They were very unlucky at times, very, very unlucky. But um if it was John Kylie would I be worrying? No. Genuinely not. And will they be there thereabouts come the end of the year? They most certainly will. But um will they win All-Earned on the farm they're in, which such a short space? It's hard to call. I mean it's really hard to call and their game in the championship, I, I almost certain is against Cork. I think that will be a real, this real telling point of it because you can say the leads, the league champions championship. But if Limerick go in the back door, you don't know who they face being honest. So, uh, yeah,
0: just a quick word on the other, the game of probably Sunday's uh, game of the day is uh, Galway and Waterford. Uh, So they're kind of, they're level on four points uh, with Tipperary. So that kind of group is kind of finally kind of poised in terms of, you know, and then maybe if Cork lose, one of those those teams is going to be looking to jump ahead of uh, Cork, I suppose, in the table Um, and make it to the potential kind of league finals, the top team from each group play each other. Um, So how do you see that one going, Galway versus Waterford? Um,
1: It's another game hard to call, Robbie, because if you asked me before Watford played Limerick, I would have seen Galway straight away. I mean, Galway, or sorry, Watford weren't really showing a great run of form. Cork beat them easily below in Parky Queeve. Um, they only beat Westmeat by three pints in Cusick Park. So heading into that Limerick game, you'd be saying, okay, here. Watford aren't reaching the same heights as last year now this is caveated as well because going back to the previous point how good are Limerick at the moment are Limerick really are Limerick in a slump are they just kind of developing are, are Limerick still a good side but as you asked are teams kind of catching up on them. they're, they're able to uh, relinquish what Limerick had over teams Um going going on the run of farm, I'd have to say Galway, but I think Liam cal would be really happy after that win over Limerick, so I wouldn't be surprised if Watford defeat Galway, but my head is saying Galway to win that one
0: cool, fair enough, um so we're gonna um move on to our next topic uh so there's one I kind of threw in the group there uh during the week, which was um in virginia in the u.s they're incentivizing people to get the covid 19 vaccine by uh giving them guns they give them uh, guns for getting vaccines uh, do you think this is kind of um something they could roll out here
1: i love to know who came up with the idea <laughs> Genuinely. i mean every at least once every month or maybe a bit more you're hearing about mass shootings over in america And, I mean, they have a real, real issue with gun laws. And I think the NRA have way too much influence over uh, politicians, both in the House of Representatives and the Congress and all of that. And even the Republicans with Trump there, he didn't really want to deal with it. So whoever came up with this idea, my God, go home, you're drunk-like. And because... um, it's it's like giving a free giving a free keg to an alcoholic. Being honest, it's there's going to maybe not be a good outcome out of it. Um, so, yeah, no way. Can, but, can I just kind of
0: debate you on the gun thing for uh, a bit? Because, of course, yeah. Because I've I've heard a bit of both sides of the argument. Now, what people on the other side of the argument would say is that people with guns they actually prevent crime they stop um they stop issues or you know if in any kind of states where they have kind of um have stricter gun laws so say like it's there where chicago is in illinois they've got like you know one of the highest kind of rates of shootings and they've got one of the strictest gun laws um i think it's the same for california and stuff like that so their argument would be that that in states where there is, you know, less strict gun laws, there's kind of maybe less strict crime. Now, I'm not saying like we should bring in kind of different gun laws here, but that's what the kind of the other side to the argument you're putting forward is. Um, people will say that guns used are used defensively, and there's up to, you know, anywhere between a million defensive uses of firearms in the U.S. every year. So just when you're talking about the kind of gun control thing, I think that's, you know, you have to answer those questions as well.
1: Yeah. But I mean, why are they in need for guns to defend yourself? I mean, it had to be my argument on it. I mean, there are no guns in Ireland and I mean, I know they're violent crimes and they're absolutely horrific, but the amount of shootings that you hear other than say gangland are very small. I mean, the, any times any time that you hear of shootings in ireland and i know it's a very sensitive subject and i i'm not trying to di- diminish any uh, the what happened at all uh, anywhere in the world but i mean it's very seldom you hear of anything happening the likes of that here Yet there are disputes and people use controlled firearms that are licensed and all of that but it's very, very seldom you hear it. Even in Great Britain, it'd be very, very seldom, other than say Gangland or something like that. I think in other words, allowing every Tom, Dick and Harry an opportunity to carry a firearm is, it's just ludicrous. It really is, whether it's to defend yourself or not. I mean, there are other means of doing it. I mean, why are there so many deaths from guns? I mean, if the Okay, if you allow people to have guns, let them use it in a kind of a non lethal way, if that makes sense. Instead of aiming to hurt, a uh, kind of shoot to kill. If you're trying to protect yourself, shoot to main. In other words, shoot them in the foot, shoot in something that will incapacitate without killing. But all you seem to hear is. Killings. And I mean, even in a controlled environment with the police, how many shootings are you after hearing have taken place? And these are people that are receiving intense training to carry firearms. And I mean, to allow the ordinary person to go in, they may have no bad backgrounds or anything, say background checks come back clear and they can go in, purchase a firearm without any training is absolutely ludicrous like. Before you can even get a provisional license here to hop on a motorbike or a car or get into a car, you need to do a theory test and you need to do lessons and all of that. But to hand someone a gun and say here, go off and use it because we trust you, your background's clean, it's it's ludicrous like. Absolutely yes, ludicrous.
0: No, I, I set the point like it's kind of um obviously like I would agree with you there should be some sort of like uh a training you know sort of um structure and stuff like that uh like to, like if anyone kind of obviously you're like a gun is a lethal weapon and you know to use it is you know to use it wrongly is um you know is like a tragedy because you're gonna end up hurting or killing somebody um yeah so definitely like like i'm not disagreeing with what you're saying i'm just kind of I'm just putting forward the arguments from the other side oh, no, of No,
1: definitely. Oh no, definitely. And yeah, I know you're dead right. And um I mean they are they are better non lethal force, but I mean things will never change um in the United States and that's unfortunate thing you will hear of other mass shootings and that's that's just part for the course unfortunately, but Um, Going back to your original question to incentivise people with the opportunity of getting guns uh, to get the coronavirus vaccine, I think it shows. I don't know, because you look at uptake here. I know there are going to be hesitancy and all of that, but I think it should be a kind of a a duty for someone to do it, not only for their own protection, but to protect others and um, to have to incentivise people. It it's kind of just shows that the people that avail of it can be kind of very shallow, being honest. And I have no issue fa- facing criticism for saying that, but they should be able to just do their duty and do it, being honest.
0: Yeah, well, I think um, I've seen one thing in the US, I'm not sure. I think it was, um, it could have been like a governor or like a, someone in New York anyway, and they were kind of trying to incentivize people. To, to get the vaccine by like eating a burger and it's like oh you know if you do this you can get a burger and oh you can get fries as well you know it's kind of I think it's a bit demeaning to people to be honest that it's like that's the level that it's at in terms of incentivizing people like and with the whole gun thing as well and it just kind of almost kind of makes you feel that like the the higher up authorities kind of think the people are you know just kind of mindless idiots idiots who will do Anything for like a burger, if you know what I mean. No, I get like, I get the whole what from their point of view, what they're trying to do, but it just kind of really shows like the almost contempt they have for you know what they think of the average person on the street. You know that this is going to be what gets them over the line on this issue, if you know what I mean. So yeah, I think it's real. (laughs) It's really, you know, just highlights you know what people, what the you know people in power uh, think of the average joe like myself and yourself tj
1: oh definitely and not to change topic but one of the points i would have added to the rant earlier on and it, it kind of goes back exactly what you said there is the in other words the the people in power the likes of effort and people like that not trusting the people i mean the one of the rapid jokes that could help people go back to concerts and crowds of matches and all of that is rapid antigen testing and listening to different experts and even the government here in Ireland and Nethwood got a report from a professor I think I forget his first name I think it's Craig Ferguson but the surname's definitely Ferguson and said that these could be a real acid and not only should it be used in a medical environment, They should be the individual themselves should use it and it will aid with the prevention of transmission and being able to reopen society and all of that. But every time you listen to health experts in Ireland, they're saying, no, you cannot trust them. They're saying they're 97% effective. But no, we can't trust you to do it because you're only an ordinary Joe Soap. And going back to your point... One of the biggest things that's after coming out of this pandemic is people in power actually looking down at the ordinary people, and one thing that emerged out of this, the same as emerged during the the financial crash, by ten over ten year ago, is people aren't stupid. People are able to. People knew about vulture fund and bond bondholders and everything like that as much as <laughs> not. Now, it, they wouldn't be as qualified as the experts, but they did have a fair knowledge, and yeah, I'd agree, one of the things that could come out of it is, people in power could be punished because they're they're looked down on by people in power. Our ordinary people are being looked down on by people in power.
0: Yeah, I think uh, definitely agree with you. There. could get a shock uh, the next time they go to the, the polls or whatever. Uh, so we're going to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. We're going to go to our, our bad bad dad jokes or maybe just bad jokes of the week
1: yeah i know would you believe i'm kind of <laughs> glad to go into that because it sounded like <laughs> it was on vincent brown about 10 year ago there so no, no.
0: Actually, <laughs> actually like i don't know what it was but like i really i was i kind of was watched a lot of i think vincent brown kind of made the kind of topics and all that sort of stuff quite good so yeah. i think we need another vincent brown there i think we'd all be kind of become banking experts or, or whatever the the Topic of the day would be if he was on, it'd be worth kind of staying up late for. I don't know if there's many on TV now worth staying up for. Uh, anyway, so we'll move on to our jokes of the week there. So, uh, do you want to rock us off with your first joke there?
1: Yeah, uh, what why Or sorry, what did the coffee report to the police? I don't know, a mugging.
0: <laughs> nice, I like it. Scraping I got the some, barrel
1: here. <laughs> I've
0: got some your your mama jokes. Uh I don't mean this personally about your your mama, TJ, but uh Yeah better not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's a lovely woman. Uh so your mama's so fat when she falls out the bed she falls out both sides.
1: There you go. Oh that's stone <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I what was... did <laughs> sorry Rob? Go no, go on. I oh, no, um, actually, what you were saying would be probably funnier than the one I have here. Reading it back, it's not great. Uh, what did the fish say
0: when it hit the wall? Dunno, damn, damn. <laughs> I think your ones are kind of good, they have a kind of like a saltness to them, but you kind of don't see them coming. So, um, yeah, and uh, this one is kind of a, a relatively complex joke. Um, in terms of gender pronouns. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry in advance if this doesn't play well over a podcast. How does a non-binary chef uh, cut vegetables? Not sure. They slash them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't mean that in an offensive way. It's just I think it's... you know like, all complaints
1: on. All complaints can be addressed to Robbie Mansfield side of the <laughs> road, County Kilkenny. Um, we'll
0: give out I'll, your number for all, all, um, all complaints.
1: <laughs> I wasn't going to give out your address so that's uh, um, but uh, sorry, if you see a crime at a Dapple store what does it make
0: you? Oh, I don't know.
1: An eyewitness.
0: <laughs> Clever. I like it. Very good. Um so I've I have another one. Um I'm actually on the fence on whether to put one out there on another one. Uh <laughs> don't want to offend too many people. So yeah, I'll go for this one. This is a bit more safe. Um, uh, maybe not as good of a joke, but it's a bit more safe. Okay, knock knock. Who's there? Daisy. Daisy who? They see me rolling they hate <laughs> it. <laughs> I thought you meant
1: me oh. dog there for a second. Have a dog called Daisy, but I know oh, I dear. like that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I know, that's, that's funny, Daisy. actually. <laughs> she, was named out of, she was named out of Do You Know You're One out of Keeping Up Appearances. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 so, but uh, yeah, I know that was funny, Rob. That's brilliant. My, my
0: mom loved that show, Keeping Up With Appearances. Just yeah. out shout out to my mom.
1: Hello, Mrs. Mansfield
0: yeah <laughs> yeah she like you used to be kind of a thing you know if you're if you were watching something else and that was on tv she would hunch you out of the tv room to watch it Okay, anyway, <laughs> so we're going to move on to our our world sports uh roundup so do you want to lead off there what's your what are you rounding up today Tej?
1: yeah i am um, the sorry i'm after deleting it off i have it back here now sorry uh, the Irish hockey team are beginning the European Championship tomorrow. Um maybe their first real competitive game since the World Cup final against um who was it? Holland. Holland, yeah. Holland back in twenty nineteen, is it? Um twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. I know I know it was severely hung over the day it was on anyway, it was at a festival in Tipperary. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they're beginning against the uh, Netherlands again tomorrow. Um, that game's on RT2 at half three. And then they're playing Scotland on Monday and Spain next uh, uh, Wednesday as well. So um, yeah, I know it's great preparation for them in the build up to the Olympics as well. And I really, from the time I was on radio, I really developed uh, an interest in hockey. I used to link in with the local hockey club. So it's great to see the Irish team doing so well, and follows on from their great uh, few games, even though they were non kind of ranking games against England. It, I mean, they showed impressive form where they drew this series. So um, yeah, no, I wish the team the best of luck there.
0: Yeah, uh, best luck to them. Hopefully, they can uh, do as proud as they always have done. Um, so just on my roundup, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Mayweather versus Jake Paul, which is on Sunday night. Um, so Jake Paul is a YouTuber uh, and he's going against uh, the 50-0 Floyd Mayweather. Um, and obviously, I think Paul has only, he's only had one fight and he's lost it. So uh, <laughs> I know he's a good bit taller than Mayweather and I think he probably has a bit of a weight advantage Um and it, it, they're kind of saying, like, it's going to be easy money for Mayweather. Uh, do you think, you know, it's beyond the realm of possibility that uh, Jake Paul catches him with uh, a punch and knocks him out? Um,
1: I, he, he has a brother as well, does he, Robbie? Sorry, not diverting from the question. He, he yeah, bro- or maybe, he's
0: Jake, maybe Jake Paul is a brother. I'm not sure. Something I, I, Paul anyway.
1: Yeah, I know, I, know, I know there are two brothers there, and I know... Well, Jake Paul won, I think, an MMA one. Um, Oh,
0: Logan Paul. Logan Paul. Sorry. uh, I apologize. I know you're great. fans everywhere.
1: (laughs) I I won't lie to you. I I don't know the lads. I I saw the fight. uh, Sorry, the Jake Paul one, the MMA. And uh, I wouldn't know anything about either of them. I know they done a real controversial video on YouTube a few years ago. But anyway, I'm gone sidetracked. Um, I don't know because, I mean, when you're coming up against a boxer likes a fly Mayweather, 15-0, I mean, it is 15-0. Like... Sorry? 50 and 0 not 15. Oh, say, 50 and
0: 0 sorry. sorry.
1: Oh, no, sorry. Oh, no, my fault. 50 and 0 I mean, it's a different scenario than coming up against someone that would have been kind of uh, an average enough. Now, one thing I would say, going back to the Jake Paul battle the time, um, or was it, it? was either a boxing or an MMA. I think it was boxing. Now, just correct myself. Sorry, but um, they really put in the training. I mean, fair play to him. Re- now, whether Logan Paul does the same thing now, but I mean, they really bulked up. That you could see, they really put in the effort in the build up to it, but. No, I can't see him beating Fly Mayweather. I honestly can't. Um, I wouldn't be a real big boxing expert, I won't lie. I enjoy watching Irish boxers, but um, I, I I, just, I think he could come up short with, I think Fly Mayweather could win that disease, being honest.
0: Do you think it kind of, you know, brings kind of boxing into... You know, is it kind of like, is it on Floyd Mayweather? Is he kind of bringing kind of boxing into this realm of the kind of farcical almost But kind of agreeing to this fight?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first thing came to my mind is to remember the Rocky film where he fought um, Hulk Hogan. Now, I know it's a film, but I mean, it just showed. And yeah, I mean, it's it just shows that it's kind of gone beyond sport now. I mean... In the morning, if I could get licensed and all of that, and if you had a professional boxer that was kind of stupid enough to agree, for me stepping into the ring for 10 seconds, you could make enough of money to feed your or to look after your family for the next century nearly. And that's that's the way it's gone. Um, like Logan Paul has he's building his reputation, he already has this uh, unbelievable reputation going by what I hear on YouTube and the followers he has and all of that. So, I mean, by him doing this fight, he's excelling his profile even more and he's making an absolute colossal amount of money. So, for someone that's after coming building their career up from the start, I mean, 50 and 0, um, had to most likely probably struggle when he was starting off um, to do the likes of this yeah i know i i just don't agree with it i mean it's different doing exhibition or something if you're doing it for a charity or something like that uh now if they are doing it for the likes of that fair enough credit to them but this is only publicity and it's just make money simple as that
0: yeah yeah definitely i, I kind of agree with you i think it's kind of almost kind of beneath kind of Floyd Mayweather's kind of reputation, but he is going to make probably a lot of easy money. So uh, fair play to him on that. Um, Just the other thing in the roundup is that the LA Lakers got dumped out of the playoffs last night. They lost to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, So no back-to-back for LeBron. Um, That's kind of the biggest kind of other kind of story in kind of world sports. And there's kind of a few other kind of uh, NBA playoff games going on as well. But um, yeah, kind of almost kind of like there was kind of injuries to the Lakers team that kind of meant that kind of a lot of the emphasis was kind of on LeBron to kind of um, to win the game or whatever, but they were kind of down um, 38 to 14 after the first quarter and they just never reeled in that uh, deficit anyway. So that's the end of the roundup. Uh, so we're going to move on to our next topic, which is um, based on a kind of a news story coming out of Argentina. Uh, oddly enough, it was where they reported that um, the 16th century playwright William Shakespeare had died um five months after getting the COVID 19 vaccine now i don't know my math but i don't think uh i think william shakespeare has been dead a long time tj so uh it just brings up the the topic of uh doing your research before you do something or making sure you're kind of you know what you're at before you kind of you know put pen to paper or maybe you go out on a little mission for yourself so um is there times you think you should you should have done your research
1: yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that I never had anything as colossal as that. I mean, to be honest, it's kind of funny because they were actually a Bill Shakespeare died and he was the first man to get the vaccine. But uh, yeah, no, you definitely, definitely have to do your research. Yeah, the first one comes to mind. Maybe it wouldn't be on the same line, lines as that, but I was doing a radio show a few year ago and um, Ireland were playing South Africa and... I can't think of the name of the player. I genuinely can't, uh, for the life of me. I I know I don't think it was standard. It was some other name. It was an Irish player and then there was a South African player with the same surname. Stress, um, is
0: it? Or Richard Stress or
1: Um I won't lie, Robbie, I can't it could be stress. I genuinely can't think of it. I really can't. Um and I know I should, but I wouldn't even know the name to look er, look up um, but um, yeah I know I made an absolute arse of myself and there was a <sighs> young lad used to do the show with me he was I think about i say about 14, 15 at the time um, he started off on the show with me when he was 12 fair play to me, brilliant career shout out to Jamie there and Liam Kelly O'Rourke as well uh, Jamie Malone, Liam Kelly O'Rourke great future ahead in broadcasting but um yeah to be absolutely corrected and absolutely burned was just just showed you have to do your research like really do Um, and there would have been other things yeah if you're chatting up someone you'd you'd kind of let on you were into something that you wouldn't have an absolute clue about yeah and i got cut out a few times with um that but uh yeah other than that there'd be no major ones like announcing someone was dead for uh 400 years or more anyway
0: yeah yeah <laughs> well i was gonna take a little bit of a different slant on it in terms of uh i think it's important if you're kind of going out on a night out uh in a new town or a new new, new sort of uh, scenario that you just gonna do your research ahead of time you know what you know what are the kind of places that are kind of you know bad news to kind of head head into you know we won't name names of places but i'm sure we could all name some name a place in our local um local town or local few towns that you just you know once you say you ended up there on a night out, uh that kind of you know tells everyone like how how good you are i suppose uh yeah so to kind of doing your research and you know, what are the good takeaways to go to you know obviously important research how to get home and stuff like that where to stay and all that sort of stuff but uh yeah definitely if you're going out on a session you know you're not going to be uh you're not going to be of sound sound mind uh so having as much kind of planned ahead of time so you can kind of save save your drunk self for making a, a total show of yourself i think is a good idea
1: yeah i know one that just popped into my head there and actually the way you were doing it was better than mine actually so fair play um is do you know if you meet someone for say you're chatting to someone and um say you meet someone on tinder or um oh, what's other York bumble or something like that you'd kind of maybe do a slight bit of research not being a stalker or anything but you'd search and see if they're on facebook or anything like that just to um, make sure you're not
0: getting cash fished
1: exactly exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> make sure they're a real person
1: uh, but yeah, what you were saying there, I know it's, I mean, the one thing is, and I remember being on the stag a few years ago and I, I won't mention who or where it was because I know they listened to the podcast, but um, it was kind of a package that was done and ended up in a nightclub the first night. And oh my God, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, I say it was as lively as a nightclub was last night in the middle of Dublin. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. so yeah definitely if someone's doing a stag party or anything or a hen party I think that'd be the vital especially as you're saying when you're going to a new area make sure that usually when you're dealing with say the likes of a package or all of that they have a deal done with that company so it doesn't matter and possibly the least popular a place is the cheaper it is for the company that's or whoever's (laughs) organising So yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Definitely do your research with the likes
0: of that. Um That actually kind of brings up something I knew of a guy who was going on a stag in Kilkenny and uh, he not from Kilkenny and um he said he was going he was going out to eat somewhere in Kilkenny. I was like, Oh, you know, there's loads of really great places to eat in Kilkenny. And then he was kind of saying, Oh yeah, we're going for steak in insert this place. Now I'm not gonna name names, but uh <laughs> I'm just going to say, this is probably the last place. I don't even know they did food. So <laughs> I think he kind of felt rough the whole, uh, the whole next day anyway. So uh, oh, I don't know, could have been down with food, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, definitely get a local opinion on, on the food, especially on, on Stag.
1: Definitely, definitely. <laughs> and especially with staycations now as well. Definitely, definitely do your research.
0: Um, 100%. Um. So, just with the kind of um for the high ball, we're going to move on to that one. Okay, the high ball. Uh-huh. Woo. Uh-huh. So um, what I was kind of thinking about with was um, with kind of stadiums kind of opening up in terms of like for GA games, you're going to be allowing like a hundred spectators and that sort of thing. It just got me thinking. Where, where in the world, or what sort of stadium, uh, would you love to go to? Like in your you know say if you could be there tomorrow at like a really really important game um what would be your what would be your topic on that
1: i'm going to actually have to google this one i know where the stadium is um it's hosting the super bowl next year but um it's in los angeles and I'm oh trying... so far yeah that looks like, so sofi like stadium awesome. sorry yeah, yeah. Um, I just saw the video on YouTube of it and oh my god, it's unbelievable. The just the technology uh... in it is outstanding like. Um You you could imagine going to an all earned hurling final there. It's just Croke Park's amazing, I won't lie to you, and I was lucky to play a match up there, but being dressing rooms with teams and all of that and um even the what would you say the chills you get going in under the uh, the inside the players or under the stands and all of that to get into the dressing rooms, but that SoFi Stadium over in LA, oh my God, um, I just could imagine what that'd be like, full house and um, to be a player playing there, but to be a <laughs> supporter. I mean, it's just it's just unbelievable. Like, so th- yeah, that'd be definitely the place now. If anyone wants yes. to sponsor me a ticket for the Super Bowl next year, I'd gratefully accept it. Yeah,
0: I'm <laughs> sure there'd be like uh, like gold dust for that. Anyway, but yeah, it's an impressive stadium. Uh, it's the the LA Rams. I think the Chargers play there as well. So um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's a like real kind of uh, next level or kind of cutting edge kind of stadium. Um, so what I'm going to go for is the the Maracanã in uh, in Rio. Um, I just love to go to like you know like a Brazil, you know maybe Brazil versus Argentina or something game there. I just think it's kind of like oh, um
1: deadly.
0: a real kind of um amphitheater of you know for soccer or you know I know you are kind of saying about England being like the home of football and all that, but realistically probably like Brazil is you know the heart and soul of um world football. You know it's kind of so many great players and. The way they play the game and stuff like that, and just be a real, kind of you know, literal, uh, kind of carnival kind of atmos- atmosphere or carnival uh atmosphere. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go for the, the American. App.
1: I know that sounds deadly now, and especially a kind of a local rivalry like that would be. Um, actually, just when you mentioned that one stadium I was lucky to be in years ago on a school tour, and um, the new camp in Barcelona, it's oh, just- awesome. It's just unbelievable. Well, maybe when you're younger, do you know the way when you're, I would have been, what, 17, 18, not that awful young, but do you remember mm. when you were young, when you see things, they'd actually seem bigger than they actually were? I mean, yeah, yeah. this was twice the size of Croke Park. It was scary, like, and uh, yeah, just when you mentioned the uh, soccer in Brazil there, I, I mean, I could imagine the new camp packed to the rafters um, but yeah I know that sounds brilliant Robbie it'd be
0: for an Il Clasico maybe yeah. Barcelona yeah. versus Madrid
1: even though would you believe I wouldn't say it would be that <laughs> great exciting now um, both sides um, both sides not doing great actually not to change subject when mentioned Barcelona Coutinho there's rumour he's been offered back to Liverpool so I we'll hope. see how that goes but, uh,
0: exchange for Salah, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Salah, that was a good April League.
1: fools in June now, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah. there was for people who don't know there was like um someone put up a post that was like, you know, meant to be like a a proper kind of news post of uh most Salah going to Leeds, uh but uh TJ didn't fall for it at all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jesus, I, I if it if it was true, my God, it was brilliant. <laughs> Whoever came up with it was genius. Like fair play to him. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Although you know they could do a swap for Bamford, you know, because uh, Firmino isn't firing in the goal. So maybe you know, maybe Bamford to Liverpool could could happen. Um, I know. I would you believe
1: <laughs> if they could, which it won't happen, unfortunately, but. If they could get the likes, if they did get Coutinho back, like the rumour was going around was that Barcelona were offering him back because Barcelona still owed money on him from the original deal when he left back, when was it, 2017, 2018. So yes. um, they, they were hoping that they could relinquish kind of the debt that way. But um, yeah, I know Mbappe would be the one player I'd love to see there. Uh, but came to man city that'd be interesting to see if it goes through and how much it would cost city um but anyway i dragged it off topic there Robbie. sorry about <laughs> making that making about liverpool
0: making it about liverpool as always i
1: know i brought city actually just to move away did you see who Liam Gallagher's daughter's gone out with
0: um i heard something that was kind of a bit more explicit than what you're the way you're putting it there but um no,
1: okay. who's she going out? <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't mean to bring it back to Liverpool. Uh, it's Nat Phillips of Liverpool. I just thought to myself, that must be some nightmare. I'm nearly sure <laughs> it is. I'm sure it's Liam Gallagher's daughter. Um, I think her name's Molly. But um, I, I just, when I saw it, I just said to myself, oh, Nat Phillips, you beauty. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, <it's> kind <laughs> the,
0: of uh, Liam, Liam Gallagher's probably not too impressed.
1: No, no. He better <laughs> not look back in anger anyway.
0: Uh, oh uh, just always one for fun. On. <laughs> cool TJ, so we'll uh we'll finish up there. So uh we'll sign off. So good chats as always, man.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed that, Robbie, and uh yeah, I hope I didn't bore the listeners too much. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, was good good fun, good chats.
1: Um yeah, I know. Enjoyed that, fair play, Rob. Cool.
0: And uh, everyone, hopefully, enjoy your bank holiday weekend. Have a good one, guys. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Uh, Bye-bye. Good Good luck.